I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. I think you look terrific, at least on the outside. But what's going on on the outside is not really what drives your personal performance. No matter what arena you're chasing better improvements in life, it's really important about what's going on inside. It's very difficult to really understand what's going on with your physiology, especially across all of the aspects that drive our personal performance. Well, a tool that we leverage at Purple Patch is Inside Tracker. Because by assessing your biometrics and combining it with the advice and expertise from the team of scientists and experts at Inside Tracker, we get some really precise focus areas to filter out the stuff that will become distractions and instead dial in the habits and the interventions that are going to help you perform. Across all aspects of longevity and performance, things like your cognitive health, your strengths, inflammation, heart health, everything that builds up to you becoming a high performing machine, Inside Tracker assesses it and gives you an action plan with simple actions that you can take so that you can go on and improve. And it's very, very simple. All you need to do is head to insidetracker.com slash purplepatch and use this special code purplepatchpro20. That's purplepatchpro20. It gives you 20% off everything at the store. I leverage it with my athletes and you can too. You don't need to be a Purple Patch athlete, but what you do need to care about is improvement over the course of 2024. And that's what we're here to help you with. All right, enjoy the show. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast, as ever, your host, Matt Dixon. And today I am recording on the shores of the waters that host the swim at the Hawaii Ironman World Championship. You might hear some birds chirping, maybe a little bit of the crashing waves. It's some pretty big surf out there. This is an iconic venue and a race that provides the platform and inspiration that has developed really triathlon into a global sport. And over the last 20 years of coaching athletes from world-class to newcomers, one of the most common goals and objectives that I hear from athletes is the desire to toe the line at the Ironman World Championship. But what does it really take to get there? Like, really? Is there a secret to success and qualification? Well, it turns out that we know quite a bit about the Ironman World Championships. Beyond having a purple patch athlete almost win the whole darn thing, Chris Lieto just two minutes away, ah, two minutes of life, but just two minutes away from the overall win in 2009, as well as having more than 15 professional top 10 finishes at the event. We also had successfully qualified almost 1,500 purple patch athletes to qualify to world championship events. A few of them have gone on to win amateur and age group titles, so we've got a little bit of history around the Ironman World Championship. So if you want to embrace your journey, set yourself up for success, what I decided to do is pull together my more than two decades of coaching lessons and try and distill them into a nice, tidy package. We're going to label them Matt's 10 Essential Tips to Qualify to the Ironman World Championships. And so I hope you enjoy, but just before we get going, while we're here, you've got to listen to the banjo. Let's do Word of the Week, Barry. 
We like the way he thinks. Serious with a wink. Let's open the book. It's time to take a peek. It's the dictionary word of the week. Yes, folks, it is the word of the week, and this week it is experiment. So today we're going to outline ten essential tips for you to qualify to Ironman World Championships. And at the end of it, you might be inspired, and you might think, you know what? I want these guys. I want Purple Patch. Maybe I want Matt or a Purple Patch guy coach to guide me, to take me there, to partner with me on the lesson. Or maybe you go and hire a different coach to take you on that journey. But there's something that's going to be important for you to be successful, and that's the willingness to experiment, to evolve. You see, hiring me. Or a purple patch coach, or becoming a part of our squad program, we have expertise and we can help you on the journey. And hiring another coach, I hope they have expertise and they can help you. But many athletes enter a coaching relationship with a fixed mindset: this is what works for me, and this is how I'm going to get there, and I just want you to deliver that. And so, if you enter any coaching relationship and you have a preconceived notion of what's Going to be successful for you, and you're effectively just asking the coach or the coaching company to coach in that way. You're never going to be successful. Instead, you need to have a mindset of growth. You need to be open. That doesn't mean you need to blindly trust your coach, us, but you do need to have a willingness to experiment, give it a crack, maybe give it six months, and say, "All right, I'm going to go in," but in doing this. I know that things are going to be different. Things are going to change. I'm going to have to do things that maybe I haven't thought of before, or perhaps I just don't even feel they're appropriate. But I'm going to go in and lean, because when you take on a coaching relationship, you need to be an active participant, but you also need to be open to doing things you've never thought of before. And so, when you lean in, lean in all the way, jump off the cliff. Follow the recommendations, the sessions as prescribed, the mindset, and then treating it as an experiment. You see whether it's effective. Of course, we're pretty confident that we can work with you and help you. But no matter, a coaching relationship is only going to flourish if the athlete is willing and open to evolve and shift their mindset. And that is why, when it is around. This episode qualification. There's going to be some change and evolution that's necessary, and it's why the word of the week this week is experiment. All right, with that, Barry, let's do the meat and potatoes. All right, folks, the meat and potatoes. What does it really take to qualify? Well, I thought long and hard about this, and. You're probably not going to be surprised that there's going to be very little about the workouts, the magic key ingredient that unlocks everything. It's not going to be about the framing of your training weeks. But almost every athlete that has been successful in qualifying and then establishing a great performance at the Ironman World Championships and the Ironman 70.3 World Championships. These key elements that we're going to outline have almost always been a part of their journey, and there are ten of them. So there are ten things the 
if you adopt, I think it never guarantees, because there is no guarantee, is the beauty of sport, but it massively increases your opportunity and likelihood of success. 10 simple things. Share with them, play with them, embrace them, and see where it takes you on the journey. And so we're going to go one to 10 in order, and I'm going to talk around each one. Number one, the first step is establish the mindset and ensure that you embrace the journey. So it's mindset and journey. Goodness me, we're going to start pretty high level here. But the mindset, I think, is important, particularly for a time-starved athlete, is to realize what this has as a role in your broader life. If you're going to be successful, it's not going to be short-term. It's going to be a long-term journey to get you ready. And so integrating your training, that word is important, integrating your training into life and understanding the role that this sport has in the bigger context of your life is going to empower you, release some of the shackles under pressure and enable you to enjoy the journey. And when you enjoy a journey, it's going to be much more likely that that journey is going to be fruitful. And so let's think about that in context. The first, one of the real, real rewards that you get from embracing a journey towards qualification, which will provide a great amount of pride, satisfaction and everything else. One of the biggest rewards is that by taking on this journey, if you do your performance recipe right, it is going to help you show up daily. That's really key. It's going to help you show up daily in whatever is important to you, whether you're a parent, you're a leader, you're an employee, whatever it is, you're gonna show up daily the best version of yourself. And I think that's really important. I'm doing this to help myself be better. Yeah, I want to qualify, but that's key. It's also going to help you with longevity, ensuring that you're setting yourself up for the best quality of life for the decades ahead. And we want to keep that in mind because that informs the context of what this journey towards qualification fits within the bigger picture. And it's going to help you make smart decisions to help you build a platform of health and everything else. And so if we really understand the big picture and we put it into its place within the scope of life and it's important, it's going to help you establish control and a positive relationship rather than it be something that owns you. Okay, Outside of extremely gifted, really talented athletes that just naturally are just got born with a huge engine or someone that's come across and established and a seasoned in a parallel and related sport, someone from an elite rowing experience or coming from professional cycling. The vast majority of people aiming for qualification should not be thinking about this in terms of a 20-week project or even really a one-year project. Successful qualification typically emerges from years of consistency developing physical readiness, establishing a platform of health with limited interruption, at least forced interruption. And so in other words, making this sport a lifestyle gives you the very best opportunity for you to qualify. And so anything else fails to get anywhere near this first point. This is the master. Establish the mindset, the perspective, and embrace the journey 
allow it to fuel your performance lifestyle and you've got an opportunity to be successful. Boom, number one. Number two, the second principle, the second magic step is your magical training secret. Here it is, Matt Dixon is just about to release the secret that's gonna crack the code. What's the workout? What's the supplement? What's the piece of equipment? It's none of that. Here's the key. If you wanna be successful in qualification, your success will never be defined by a workout. It will never be defined about hitting a big week of training. Success towards qualification is not measured in the number of hours that you can try and hit in any given week. It is the hours that you can accumulate over the course of a year or more. And in order for those hours to be effective and be consistent, you better appreciate, embrace, and have courage to go easy on the easy days. The sessions that are not designed to be hard endurance bike rides, easy soul-filling running, technical swims. The athletes that lock in to going easy on the easy days then can show up, lift their game, have control, and weave together a roadmap of great consistency over not many weeks, not many months, but over years to qualification. I would say it is one of the key components. Go easy on the easy days. If you wanna qualify, you better get good at going really, really easy. Magic tip number two. All right, magic tip number three. I want you to build athleticism before you build economy. There is a lot of stuff out there around building the engine building our foundation first, long, slow miles, just develop the aerobic capacity. And don't get me wrong, the miles are important. Consistency over time is critical. It's not a short-term fix. But I see so many athletes failing to actually develop the key tools that are gonna ultimately make them be successful. They are just really, really fit but ultimately they're slow. They have low speed, low power potential. They can't create tension on the chain. They can't run uphill very strong. And ultimately they have a lack of athleticism. And on the mental side, they don't have any tools in the toolbox to ultimately suffer and manage stress. And so when I think about developing long-term consistency for a time-starved athlete. I want to build speed and power and athleticism and movement and strength. And yes, I want to do at the right time over the course of each year, some longer miles. And yes, we get to develop the engine with that easier training that we talked about in point number two. But don't think that just the engine is going to be your limiter. It's not. Build the athlete, then build the triathlete. It is an inverse pyramid, and it's counter to much of what you're gonna read, but in my experience, it helps time-starved athletes get there 
and stay there. And when they then over time build the engine, they have the capacity and the toolkit to get them through not just the terrain, but the suffering that's going to come. All right, moving on. Tip number four. What is the magic one? We're going to call this nail the basics. Absolutely nail and master your fundamentals. Now, these are no different than the Purple Patch Pro squad athletes. For more than a decade, we led one of the most successful groups of professional Ironman athletes in the history of the sport, to be frank. And these pros took everything they could focus on and filtered it down deliberately with intention to some very basic practices and habits. And these were non-negotiable. Every one of them, if they wanted to be a Purple Patch Pro, had to adopt them. I'm going to give you four right now. Number one, you need to support your training with enough fuel. In other words, eating enough calories to support your training. It's one of the number one weaknesses of most athlete programs of all levels. Accidentally, non-emotionally, many athletes fail to support their training demands with enough calories to support them. So that's number one. Number two, sleep. There are a couple of things that are really important, but protecting your biggest performance enhancement tool that you have that can maximize adaptations from your hard work, that can leverage and allow consistency over the course of many, many weeks and months, can enable you to integrate this training into life and enable it to catapult better energy and stability of energy throughout the course of the day. Sleep is it. And what's the number one thing? Well, we care about duration, obviously, seven, eight hours plus. We care about quality, setting up the environment. But latest research shows the most important thing you can do, go to bed at the same time every night, making sure that you're not wildly variable in your bedtime. Between about 30-minute windows, somewhere for me, around 8.45 to 9.30, almost every night, that's when I go to bed. That's the approach that you should approach. So number two of this is sleep. Number three, hydrate daily. Really, really important critical component. Three liters every day and then the fluids that you're consuming during your exercise and training. Baseline, three liters every day. Kick it off with a liter of fluid in the morning and then throughout the rest of the day. And then number four, what was my prior point? Go easy on the easy. Really, really important component. Tip number five, it brings us to the top of the mountain halfway through, so you want to qualify. Okay, this is it. Number five, very simple, get coached. Okay, now I say this as a coach, so I'm going to refine it a little bit. Get coached in the important stuff, the stuff that's really going to help you get there. So this is not just about the workouts. There is no magic plan. If you take all of the qualifiers over the course of all of the years and we looked at their training plans, it would be a blizzard of different programs with vastly different approaches. The truth is there's lots of ways to get there through the workouts and the building of a training plan. Instead, where you want coaching, expertise and wisdom is around advice and guidance on how to integrate training into your life and manage your training with the competing demands of life. You want to have a sounding board, someone, a group of people, a group of coaches, a single coach that can ensure that you can retain perspective when you're right there in the weeds, that can help you course correct when you stray off course because this is a journey 
that's going to include roadblocks and setbacks and even some failures. And having a partner to help you along the journey with wisdom and expertise is important. You also want the coach to be your filter because when you go on this journey, there's a million things you could focus on and add into your recipe and into your training, whether it's approaches in nutrition, supplements, equipment, training methodology, the list goes on. And you want someone that can research, understand, have expertise and filter out the noise and the distractions. Get you to build and master the things that are appropriate for you and free you up from thinking and the other stuff. A coach should also help you get your best speed from the fitness you have. Not just deliver the workouts, but how do you actually go fast? A coach or a program should help you develop those skills, understand what they are, so that you can become more autonomous and ultimately so that you can manage your own program. Because remember, having a coach is not relinquishing control. You're not just saying, tell me how to do it. You're leaning into expertise and wisdom to empower you to do it. And that's a key component. And finally, I believe a coach should help you develop a positive and not paralyzing relationship with your metrics and your training. That's what coaching is. It's not the workouts. That's great. That's important. That's a part of it. But everything I talked about there, that's what the wisdom of the program coaching does and delivers. And for almost every successful person that's gone from one level to catapulted to the next level, which for most people is a requirement to qualify, typically the best investment they make is coaching. Think about that. The best investment they make, not brand new bike, not a new pair of compression socks, not investing in a brand new cold plunge in your backyard, coaching. It is that. Now, I realize I'm saying this as a coach, but it is valuable and important. Number six are now tips to qualify. So you want to qualify. These are Matt's top 10 tips, and we are on number six. Choose your races carefully to benefit you. Very simple. You want to consider the terrain. Now, most people have a preferred terrain relative to their peers. This isn't about trying to get to the first fastest split. You don't qualify by having a faster time. You qualify relative to where you come to your peers. And so where do you deliver your strengths? I'm a strength-driven athlete. I'm heavier, but I do well on hilly courses, a lot of variety. I can't stand dead flat running, dead flat bike riding. So I wouldn't choose to go and race in Florida or in Texas. I might go and do one of those races for the experience. There's nothing wrong with the races, but for me, if I was on a quest to qualify, I would choose something different. It's also helped that I live in the San Francisco Bay Area where all of our home terrain is up, down, up, down. I don't get an opportunity to ride flat. That might be the inverse. You might actually do very, very well on flat courses. And so choose that type of course. So you wanna consider terrain, and how close is it relative to your strength and your home environment of training? You wanna think about environment. For me, I love cool, cold. I just do not like at all humidity, heat, but some people excel in it. And so understand that. And one of the th tricks that you can do in this is go back, do a little homework, look at prior race results. What did it take to be successful? How many people are in the age groups? 
how many people actually qualified out of each age group? What were the top three, four, five finishers? What does that do relative to you as an athlete? Start to be pragmatic and logical about it, but filter it. Because by choosing the race that has the best spots, the best terrain, the best environment for you, the best opportunity in your age group to qualify, it's setting yourself up for success. Don't grease the road and make it slippery by choosing a race that is ill-fitting to you. Pretty simple. Tip number seven, think out of the box for running. I know, bike for show and run for dough. That's what it's all about. But the truth is that the people that qualify relative to swim, bike and run tend to have very good run performances. Now, I love athletes to be very swim fit and do well on the swim. I like to build the training around the bike because a strong cyclist can make up a lot of time. But ultimately, you still need to be able to run relative to your best potential very, very well. And that's important. But there is a misconception about what it takes to run well off the bike in an Ironman distance or a half Ironman distance race. It's not the same as a standalone half marathon or a marathon. And we've learned over the time that for most people, there's a few little ingredients to build your running resiliency and performance off of the bike for time-starved athletes. And they're almost universal, so I'm going to share them here. Number one, for most people, frequency of running is better than a few quick hicks every week. So many people build their programs and run two to three times a week, and they're big sessions. I like to have athletes run almost every day. A lot of those sessions are easy and very short, but running frequency from both a motor programming standpoint, connecting brain to muscle, and a tissue resiliency to build up the protective mechanisms against injury and the muscular endurance, frequency is more empowering and more of a catalyst to success than just the big runs, number one. Number two, some long running is fine, but it's not the most important session. Most athletes build their Ironman or half Ironman training around the long run. I think it's actually physiologically the least relevant and least important. Now, I realize you want to become familiar with running long. You want to build confidence. And so inject long running into the program. If you can do a lot of it on trail, because it has less of a negative impact, so soft surface is better. But even if it's on road or tarmac, it's great. Some long running is fine, but realize that it's mostly an emotional and confidence component. You can get the same physiological development from a cardiovascular and muscular endurance standpoint from frequency as you can from long running. So yes, include some long running, but it doesn't need to be every week and it doesn't need to be a core component. The third component, integrate walk breaks into your training and racing. Huge. Almost every amateur athlete benefits from a running split standpoint if they integrate walking into their racing, period. Now what's the right time to walk? What's the right duration of running between walks? It's highly individual and it's also different relative to terrain. A few tips, you never walk going downhill, big speed penalty, run downhill. 
but you can walk before you panic, before you are forced to. You want to walk consistently through your running section of the race so that you get to the best running split. And we have seen over 20 years that when athletes embrace this, they run faster overall. So their splits are faster. And it is almost everyone, 90% of athletes, integrate walk breaks into training to yield the same physiological benefits, but without the lag and the risk of injury, but also integrate it into racing. Critical component. All right, folks, we are seven down. That means we've got three to go on the top 10 tips for Matt to qualify to world championships. Number eight, lean into the power of cluster sessions. What are cluster sessions? So this is a key tool that I love to leverage for time-starved athletes. We always think about a week of training as Monday is your swim, Tuesday is a bike with a runoff, Wednesday is your run, Thursday is strength with a little bit of bike riding, Friday is a swim, whatever it might be. But if we come up a level, as we start to get towards a race, we can get a lot more bang for our buck if we think about training for the demands of an Ironman or a half Ironman by clustering workouts together. So this might be a few different types of things. Let me give you some examples. Frequently, we're gonna cluster three days in a row of big riding hits. So over the course of, let's just call it Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you might do a big trainer workout on a Friday with a little runoff just to build some tissue resilience. We might do a huge over distance ride and so we're going to plan that in the calendar, make sure that our family are all in engagement. You go and do that big over distance ride. You add a little bit of a runoff because we always want to integrate a little bit of tissue resilience. And then we come back again on Sunday and you hit another two, three, four hour ride, whatever time you have available with again a little bit of a run in the end, hopefully at race pace layered on to the fatigue that you've accumulated. So now we're not thinking about what is this session we're doing, but what's the body of work we're building over three days. And you get to accumulate a lot of riding resilience. Now this is certainly not every week. This is done once, twice, three times in the final three months leading into a race. But that cluster type riding, a really powerful tool. You can do a similar thing in running. Quite often we like to go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where we accumulate a marathon's worth of running spread over three days. A lot of it high quality running, a lot of it at or above race pace that you intend to run at, all of it integrated walk breaks. A Friday runoff of a bike ride perhaps. Saturday, a double run, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. Sunday, coming back and doing a pacing run on fatigue. And you accumulate building confidence over the course of race distance over three days, but without all of the negative high-risk injury creation events. And so cluster running is also a powerful tool. And then finally, a tool that can be leveraged over any given week, splitting runs. Rather than talking about, I'm gonna go and run three hours because I know that my marathon is gonna take me about four hours, so I need to do three hours. Instead, break it apart. Build the cardiovascular conditioning, build the muscular endurance, but do it with better quality and higher form than you would on a standalone. It's less risky, you get all the yield. So maybe you'll go an hour and a half to an hour 45 in the morning, you go 45 at night. Really, really powerful, a much better way to go about it. So we wrap all of those types of 
sort of blocks of workouts into what we call cluster sessions. And that's a really key component to help people take the next level in their Ironman performance and takes them on the journey to qualification. All right, so we're almost there. Number nine, ladies and gentlemen. So you want to qualify number nine. This is a very simple one. It's an important one. Don't go it alone. People that qualify tend to not be solo artists. Now, they're out there. They're outliers. But most people lean into community, support, and team. When people train with others, in person or remote, by the way, if we have video-based training like we do at Purple Patch, but when they train with others, they tend to do better. And there is several mechanisms that impact this. It's a depressurizing effect where as soon as we start to feel it's not just about us, but we're a part of something, it actually, and research shows this, it makes us feel more comfortable. It actually removes some of the pressure. It creates a little bit of freedom. It's also more fun. But you also get to leverage some of the wisdom and expertise and you can draw some of the appropriate lessons from others. Now, remember that what is good for them might not be good for you, hence why you want to get a really good coach. But others can help perspective, help you course correct, keep you sane. And so when you get to share the, share the journey with others, it's not just more fun, it's more enriching. It actually boosts the enjoyment of the process. It actually drives your individual performance levels. Everybody is the same. And so you might get there going on a solo journey. But if you're doing everything alone in a box, it is a limiter relative to if you find a way to lean in. That's why at Purple Patch, we really encourage people, come and do the live bike sessions where you can do them from your garage or wherever you're doing it on a bike trainer, but you're on video, you feel connected. Get engaged with the community, share your stories, because when you share, you're not just getting something from it, you're giving something to others and it's going to lift us all up. And the people that are engaged at Purple Patch are the ones that are the most successful, that stick with the sport for the longest time and have the most enjoyment. And they're also the people that are the best. Our best athletes engage in the community, period. Our best athletes. And we had this with our Purple Patch pros. And so I encourage you to take the same approach. Goodness me. And that leaves us to number 10. We are nine in. You are nine tenths of the way to qualification. What is number 10? Well, it's something that I haven't talked about yet. And it's a core training component. If you want to qualify, here's number 10. Value your strength training as much as your endurance. The first thing that everyone does, oh my goodness me, I need to qualify. Am I going to be fit enough? Swim, bike, run, swim, bike, run, swim, bike, run, swim, bike, run. And that's important. Strength is your performance tool. Resilience, holding posture, being able to manage and retain form under duress and fatigue, strength training. It's not just good for your health. It doesn't just reduce risk of all the major illnesses. It doesn't just make you smarter by improving your cognitive health. Yes, that's peer-reviewed and researched. Yes, that's true. It's also a performance enhancer. And so your strength training, if you want to qualify, in my mind, is a non negotiable and I left it for number 10 so I can bang my fists on my chair and say do strength put it into your program never let it die swim bike run strength 
That's how you become the best triathlete. That's how you qualify. Alrighty, Barry, can I do one more? Can I sneak in a bonus number 11, mate? Thank you very much. Number 11, one more. All right, it's a little tongue in cheek, I know. But if you want to qualify, join Purple Patch. There you go. I had to get it in, didn't I? Come on. You've got to let me have it. Take the guesswork out. It's more fun along the way. And after all, we know how to do it. I wonder if there is any coaching company that has supported so many athletes to world championship events. Since 2008, here's some stats for you. Our annual average has been 40 plus athletes to the Hawaii Ironman World Championships. I'm pretty proud of that. More than 40 athletes on average every year qualify to the Hawaii Ironman World Championships, which is now split between, of course, Nice and Hawaii. In 2023, we had 65 athletes head to Nice and Kona. They split the races. There was greater qualification. So this wasn't just some magical year that we had. There was a greater opportunity for people to qualify. So we actually did qualify, and it was about the same ratio as we would expect. 65 athletes qualified and had the opportunity to head to those races. For half Ironman, it's about 100 athletes we qualify annually. That's pretty good going. That's pretty good going. We know what we want to do. And so come and join us if you'd like to go on the journey. But I do want to put a little bit of caution. Because joining any coaching company is never going to be the Willy Wonka golden ticket. Success in a coaching relationship requires any athlete to break a fixed mindset. I'm not saying you have to blindly trust us. You don't. But you are going to need to be willing to go on a journey and maybe the word experiment on yourself a little bit. It's what we talked about in the word of the week. You join for qualification, but it's going to require you to evolve your current approach. You're going to need to try different things. So if you join us or any coaching company with a fixed mindset and you arrive saying, this is how I want to be coached, you're probably not going to be successful. So save your money. Go enjoy your earning. Go and enjoy. And I wish you the best of luck. But if qualification is your goal, and then be open. Go in both feet, try new things, leaning on the expertise and the wisdom. And no, remember, it ain't just about the workouts. It's about all the things I talked about in getting coached. Part of the best steps. So folks, I hope you excel. I hope you love the journey. You go on it, you embrace it, and by doing so, you become a better version of yourself. You show up every day, you grow and develop as a human being, you do something that's healthy, it enriches your life, and at the end of the day, you also get to come here to Hawaii and play in the surf. All right, take care, guys. I wish you the best of luck. See you next time. Guys, thanks so much for joining, and thank you for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the new format. You can never miss an episode by simply subscribing. Head to the Purple Patch channel of YouTube and you will find it there and you could subscribe. Of course, I'd like to ask you if you will subscribe. Also, share it with your friends. And it's really helpful if you leave a nice positive review in the comments. Now, any questions that you have, let me know. Feel free to add a comment and I will try my best to respond and support you on your performance journey. And in fact, as we commence this video podcast experience, if you have any feedback at all, as mentioned earlier in the show, we would love your help in helping us to improve. Simply email us at info at purplepatchfitness.com or leave it in the comments of the show at the Purple Patch page and we will get you dialed in. 
We'd love constructive feedback. We are in a growth mindset, as we like to call it. And so feel free to share with your friends. But as I said, let's build this together. Let's make it something special. It's really fun. We're really trying hard to make it a special experience. And we want to welcome you into the Purple Patch community. With that, I hope you have a great week. Stay healthy. Have fun. Keep smiling, doing whatever you do. Take care.